Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. All right, all right. Who needs sermon notes? You better get them today. It's going to be some writing. It's going to be a test. There's always a test. Did you know that? The Bible says when the word goes forth, the enemy comes immediately to take it. That's the test. Y'all just sit there like, not me, Pastor. Oh, yeah. There is a test, and it's coming as soon as you walk out the doors. You know, if I talk about quit fighting with your wife when you get in the car, it comes on you, doesn't it? Because that's the enemy. It's the way he works. How many remember last Sunday sermon? It's time. It's time. How many of you have done five, five, and five? Well, five minutes of worship, just one song, five minutes of the Word. That's just one psalm. Easy enough, huh? And five minutes of prayer, thanksgiving, asking, requesting, thanksgiving. Five, five, and five. How hard is that? How many of you made a plan? Come on, I talk. I'm, I, I, got, I got some hands, you know. Maybe. Remember the plan? Let, let, me, let, me, let me help you out. This is what it was. So the rule of five John Maxwell had. Pray, the word, love, make a difference in somebody's life, and take care of me. That was his, well, maybe that's not you, but you know what? You need to take care of you. The Bible says you know how to love yourself like you love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Matter of fact, you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself because you're mean. You know what? When somebody's mean, they don't love themselves. That's a sign, isn't it? The Holy Spirit trying to talk to us now. See, somebody that's mean don't know that they have any worth. But God loves you, and God wants you to love yourself. Okay, we're just going to sit here. That's hard, isn't it? But you know what? It's okay to love yourself. I'm not talking about being conceited. I'm talking about knowing who you are in God, knowing who you are in Christ. So let's dig in it today. It's time. It's time. Uh, it's time for peace. But before we do, there's been a call to prayer to pray for the president, whether you like him or not. There's been some through the years that I have not liked, but I pray for him anyway. So let's pray for our president right now. Y'all want to agree with me? Won't you pray with, you, with me and, and you pray yourself? Father, we just come right now in the name of Jesus to pray for our president. Lord God, uh, you see the the weight of that office that sets upon any man that, that holds that office. And, Father, we thank you that the peace of God, uh, the strength of God, the wisdom of God uh, would be upon him, even those who counsel him, uh, Lord God, that they uh, would bring godly wisdom, that they would bring understanding of, of God's ways to him uh, greater than what he knows. Father, we thank you. Uh, we bind the powers and principalities over Washington, D.C., uh, that try to rule this country, that try to influence this country. And, Father, we thank you that the enemies bound over him. Uh, protect him, Lord God. Angels encamp about him to keep him. And, Father, we also pray for our Congress and our Senate, Lord, that they make godly decisions, that they would turn from their ways, Lord God, to seek your ways. For your ways are greater, your ways are higher. Father, we trust you and rely upon you to minister to our government. Oh, Father, and to bless our president, the vice president, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Did everybody get sermon notes? All right. I'm glad you did. <clears throat> so let's dig. Let's dig. It's time, it's time for peace. In your heart. It's time. So are you ready? So we're going to dig a little bit. We're going to read. I want to go back and read Romans, the 13th chapter, 11 through uh, 14 in the message. This is our, look at what it says. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. Oblivious to God. The night is about over. The dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. For God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity. I can't say that word. It's not a Virginia word, is it? Or a Louisiana one. Or in, and indulgence 
and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter or linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourself in Christ. Man, it's time's now. It's time to quit putting it off. It's time to live for God. It's time. It's time. And part of the good news of the gospel is it's time to put on peace. That's part of our armor. And so let, let's, 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 let's read Isaiah 55, 7 and 8. I mentioned this last week, but I put it up on the screen to help you. Uh, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. That's called repentance. It ain't getting on your knees and crying about it. It's change. It's change. It's like going to, to well, we're heading going to go to, to Roanoke, but we're going to turn around and go to Bristol instead. We repented. We turned. We changed our mind. We're going to live for God. And look, he says, his thoughts, uh, let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy. God's always wanting to extend mercy to you. Always. And to our God, he will abundant, abundantly pardon. You know, uh, his ways, his ways. Look at the next verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. And I'm, I'm tearing down a cow here. I say, I'm kicking over a cow. Some people have cows in their lives thinking that they cannot do God's ways. Or I haven't even heard it preached. Well, God's ways is higher, and you, you just can't get there. That's baloney. He's telling you you can do, you can think his thoughts, you can do what his word says, and he said, come and turn from your ways. Because how many of you know, you know, you do it the way mama did it. I hate to tell you that. You cook the way mama cooked, you, you know. You plow the way daddy plowed. But you know what? There's some, nothing wrong with the way they cook and the way they plow, but there are some things maybe you picked up that weren't godly. You know, I talk about my family and the craziness in, in, in it, but that's all right. But, I, you know, we want to change. We want to we wanna thank God's thoughts and do it God's ways. His ways are better. Amen? One more scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. No confusion with God, peace. What do I mean by confusion? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, peace. God's the author of peace. How many of you ever seen somebody pray, Oh, Father, we just need wisdom. In Jesus' name, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to tell him what I need to do. Miss Rita, help me. Miss Rita, oh, Jeff, Jeff, what am I going to do? Huh? Oh, just be still and listen and wait for the peace of God to lead you. And I said, but Philippians 4, 6, and 7 talks about it again, peace. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? Now, why am I talking about this? Because peace has enemies. Mm -hmm. But I've got to read one more. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm just, we're just laying a foundation we can run. Anybody ever tried to run in mud? Did you lose your shoes? Yeah. I've lost boots in some of that Louisiana muck. But hey, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, and that's metamorphosis. Being transformed, it's called change. It's renewing your thoughts. Quit thinking like the world thinks that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How can you prove the perfect will of God? By peace. By peace. You know you're in the will of God because of the peace of God. Say it, because of the peace of God. Say it's peace. I need and I'm looking for. So there are enemies to peace. Let's just deal with those enemies right quick. Y'all sitting there like, I ain't got any enemies. Yeah, you do. Worry, anxiety, and fear 
are enemies to your peace. Worry, anxiety, and fear. And so, you know, worry is down here. Anxiety is another step. Where you, oh, and fear. You know, I drove up on a car wreck, and it was like my aunt, and she was like my sister. She was a year and a half older than I was. Our family dynamics was crazy. My mama was born before World War II. My grandfather went off to World War II, come back, had two sons. Then he went to Korea, come back, and had two daughters. And so my mama was 18 when my aunt was born, and then she had me, you know, a year and a half later. So she was like my sister. I drove up on that wreck. Lo and behold, I recognized the car. And I got out and pulled over, and I got out of my car, and I took off running, and I just went weak because of fear because they, they were pulling over plastic. It was raining, and it was a log truck that hit them, and I just went weak with fear. Fear gripped me. Fear is, you know, worry, anxiety, and fear are real. They're real. And guess what? Parents, they're after your kids. There was a, a pastor that was talking to me, a, a minister, that his 13-year-old grandson was full of anxiety. And he's like, son, what's, what's the deal? You, you, I mean, y'all have, your family's got money. You're not lacking for anything. But he did not think he could measure up. And that worry turned into anxiety. And he was just melting, turned into fear. And so we have an enemy. And you got to guard your heart because the enemy wants to come in and make you worry. What about, what about, what about, what about? So let's uh, get your pen out, and, and I'm going to make them easy for you. I know it's a little crazy, but um, fear is a negative emotion caused, look at your sheet, by a real or perceived threat to your well-being. That's fear. That's the worst one, a real or perceived threat. You know, somebody's shooting you at you, that's real. But sometimes you just have a perceived threat. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make it a little easy and a little light. But here's your example by the dot there from a poodle to a pit bull. You know, you're not afraid of a poodle, but you are a pit bull. You know, it was like, it was like I heard this one guy that was taking in a, a freezer in a house, and, and he's, he's going forward, and, and his uncle's going backwards. And there was a poodle in the house, and that poodle was biting him the whole time he's backing up into that house. And he had this funny look on his face. He said, man, what's wrong with you? He said, this dog is just beating me up. But he didn't have any teeth. He said, it don't, he said it's not hurting, but it worries me. Well, I, I went to, um, I was I worked for construction, and we remodeled houses and stuff. And uh, crazy story, it was two stories. And uh, the story went, the plumber couldn't find the leak. So he cut a hole there where the water was. The leak was draining. And then he cut a hole there, and then he cut a hole there, and then he cut a hole there. And then he cut a hole there, and we had patched the ceiling. So we knock on the door. We're here to work on, and, you know, when you knock on the door and you hear, woof, 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 you're like, I don't know if I want to go in there. And lo and behold, it was a rock waller. Oh, yeah. And I look, you know, and uh, she goes, get back, Stitches. I said, I'm not, I'm not going in there. Why do you name him Stitches? That's all I'm seeing. But fear is real. The next one is anxiety. It's different. It's a different level of intensity, but the threat to your well-being is still there. And I'm going to say from the Cowboys football team to a football game to company layoffs. What you going to do? You know, I kind of quit watching football because I get aggravated at the stupid coach. I can't believe you done. I'm yelling at him. And I'm like, and Holy Spirit said, you know what? You're easing over into sin here. I said, I ain't watching it no more. Yes, Lord. But how about when you get the call that, that your job's shutting down or they're laying off everybody or they're closing the plant? How do you respond to that anxiety? You know, they, they, the rumor was that, hey, they're closing the plant. They're closing the plant where I was working. And, uh, and, the, and I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm trusting in you. I'm believing in you. What you going to do? How are you going to help me? And he gave me something to say. He said, if you lose this job, you'll get a better one in Jesus' name. And that became my confession. If I lose this job, I'm getting a better one in the name of Jesus. 
Yeah, anxiety kept knocking on my door. Fear kept knocking on my door. Worry was knocking on. And, and I just, we just bought a car. And people would come up to me, you just bought a car, what you going to do? And if I lose this job, I'm getting a better one in Jesus' name. That's what I had to say. I, you've got to get something, and that lines up with the Scripture. God's going to take care of you. He takes care of his own. I be his own. So are you. So, let's, so, so from a Cowboys game to a company layoff, uh, you know, an event, a person, whatever, you've got to deal with anxiety. Worry. Worry is mentally to dwell in difficult or uh, to dwell on difficulty or trouble. The battle's up here in most of this, y'all. Right up here. Here's the battleground. Amen. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? We'll help you with that in just for a minute here. So worry, worry is like from the weather to weddings. And if you hadn't been around, you know, I've done several weddings. You, you know, preached them. My wife and I sang in them. And everybody, boy, especially mama, everything got to be right. Relax, you know. And, uh, and weather. Now, I don't know about you, but I was afraid of weather because my grandmother put that in me. Dark cloud come up, and you got crazy weather. It could be a tornado, lightning striking, uh, tr you know, straight line winds all the time in Louisiana. Something's going on. And my grandmother put us on the dining room table. And we, you know, little kids looking out. You know, anybody ever caught a raindrop off, a, off the side of the house? Get back in here. You're going to get struck by lightning. Man, I, 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 was, I was on a construction site, and a storm blew up. And I was working, and I said, man, this is it. I am not going to be afraid, afraid of weather anymore. In the name of Jesus, I am, Father, I thank you that you take this fear. And I walked out in the middle of it. And I said, if I die, I'm going to heaven, but I am not going to be afraid to die from stupid weather. And I took authority over fear and worry. Well, I'm trying to help you because this is it, it, weather or weddings or whatever. I mean, you know, relax. Listen, when something goes wrong at a wedding, that makes the wedding for me, it's memorable. I did a wedding one time, a little two-year-old boy was involved, and he had to go to the bathroom. They had a plan. Groomsmen took him to the bathroom. During the wedding, they bring him back in. He goes, I'm back now. <laughs> and everybody laughed, and it made the wedding, you know. My wife and I were singing at a wedding, and they were lighting the unity candle. And it was just a precious moment, you know. And they blew out the unity candles, and they stuck him in the, the thing there, and they're backing up trying to get the gown right. Well, those were fake candles, and those rascals were spring-loaded. And when they put them back in there, they shot up to the ceiling. I lost it. I'm trying to shit, and my wife's kicking me. Sing, and I can't sing. I'm laughing. Everybody else was laughing. But, you know, hey, so, so you know, don't worry about things that you can't control anyway, but God's going to take care of you. And I'm so, so let's, let's look. It says, let's look at some other things. You know, worry can grow to anxiety and fear, and fear can regress to anxiety and worry. It grows, and it goes back and forth. You can oscillate. But God hadn't called you to oscillate. I, let, I read enough scriptures that God's commanded you not to worry. And if he's commanded us not to worry or have anxiety or fear, then he will empower us. We have the ability. He gives us the ability to overcome worry. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? Well, you know what? We're going to trust God. But we're not just going to sit there. We're going to believe God and we're going to ask and seek you know, I've asked God for things and, 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 and be, be seeking him for it and, and just be walking in the store and I hear somebody talking and the, and the answer is in their conversation. And they're not even talking to me. Or I talk to somebody, I, I can call one of my pastors or whatever and I can be talking to them and never tell them what I'm going through and they'll give me the answer by the Holy Spirit. You need to be around wisdom from godly people and just talking to godly people, they'll give you the answers to life. Ungodly people will put fear and worry in you. Well, you just need to leave him. 
That's not in the Bible. You just need to sit on all your money. No? See, godly people will give you godly wisdom even when you, and, and you know what? I, I don't like to ask for it. I just want the Spirit. Then I know it's God. It's confirmation. It's confirmation. What God tries, to, when he leads you, you get, if you're asking him which direction to go, he'll give you confirmation. But if you go to everybody, what do I need to do? Then they're going to give you their advice. Surely. But, but, don't ask for direction. Ask God and let people speak to you. I'm trying to help you today, so stay with me. So as we look at this, uh, God wants to direct your steps. So we're commanded in Scripture not to do any of these, fear, anxiety, or worry. God doesn't command us to do that. And let me say some things. God would not command you to do something that you don't have the ability to do. Do not fear or fear not is the most common commandment in the Bible. Fear not. Fear not. Do not fear. Fear not, I'm with you. Do you know he's always with us? He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So fear not. Now, I have taught from this pulpit, and you've heard it from several others, when you know that you are walking in faith, you have peace. Okay? Peace is how you know that you're in faith. I'm trusting God. Got peace about it. I've got peace. But just as much as you know that you're following God with peace, fear lets you know that the devil's after you, that he's your enemy, and that he's stirring up stuff, that he's, when you're in worry and fear, you're not in faith. You're supposed to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Okay? God never created us to live in fear. Say that with me. I was never created to live in fear. All right? Did you know that worry, anxiety, and fear are the number one reasons for sickness and disease in America? Number one medication given for worry, anxiety, and fear? I was listening to one preacher one time, and and he had a rash come up on his body. And he went to the doctor. And it just kept bugging him, bugging him. And he went to the doctor. And he said, man, I got this rash. I need some kind of cream to get rid of this. And he said, oh, okay, I see that. And he walks out. And the nurse comes in with a tape player. And the doctor said, play this for you. And she, he pushed play and started talking about worrying, anxiety, and fear. He goes, I want a medicine. I don't want somebody to preach to me. But his worrying caused him to break out. And this guy's big enough to charge people to breathe. What is he worried about? You know, you ever seen somebody like that? You're like, ooh. So, so fear and worry and anxiety is something you need to take, get a control of. Amen? Get a hold of it. Let's look at Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Just let it sit there a minute. But how many of us worry? We worry, worry, worry. Your peace can be, can be uh, destroyed or robbed by worry, anxiety, and fear. Let me say something. Worry, anxiety is real. I'm going to say it again. But it's not normal. It's not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. One of Jesus' names is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Come on, think about it. And you're his subject. You're his brother. You're in his family. You have the right to peace. It doesn't matter if somebody dies. It doesn't matter if you lose your job. It doesn't matter what comes along or if you've been told this, that, or the other. You deserve and you have the right to peace. When you put your trust in something other than God, then your peace is going to slip through your fingers. I, you can't trust me. I'm not a good Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Prince of Peace. I fail. Your wife will fail you. Your husband will fail you. 
He won't cook the way you like to cook, you know, whatever. You know, just little things will steal your peace if you let it. You know, Kenny didn't dust the house, and Angie's mad at him. But, you know, the Bible Bible says that we go back to dust. He said it might be somebody he knows. He wants to leave him there. (laughs) Let's go to number one. Number one on your sheet. Recognize worry, anxiety, and fear are agents of the devil. They're come to destroy your life. Mm. Recognize worry, anxiety, and fear as agents of the devil. That's, you got to recognize it. I mean, you know, I got family members that they walk around with them. Got their arm around worry and anxiety and fear. I don't know what we're going to do. And they pass it on to their kids and grandkids. You know, uh, I had some of my cousins, they were younger, and that we're going to the lake. We're going to go water skiing. We got the boat hooked up, and they called their mama. We're going to the lake, and it's 100 degrees in Louisiana. Humidity is about 98. That's why we're going to the lake. There's not a cloud in the sky, but mama tells them, you be careful out there on that lake. It's cold, dark, and dangerous out there. Cold? It's 100 degrees. Dark? It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Not a cloud in the sky. But that's called worry, anxiety, and fear. Guard your heart, guard your mouth, guard what you say because their, their agents come to destroy you. Listen, I, I don't have time to preach it, but Job lost his kids, his house, and everything, and he said, this thing that I have feared has come upon me. Fear is the opposite of faith, but fear will also reach out and grab things that you don't want because faith will work in the negative just like it will in the positive. What? As a man told me one time, I'm just waiting on, I'm waiting on the day the doctor tells me I got something just bad. I'm like, dude, you're, in, you're in believing for, for sickness. Yep, yep. And he got something. You know, and I'm like, golly. Do not believe. Do not walk in fear. Do not believe in your fears. Doubt your fears. Doubt your anxiety. Doubt your worries. So consider worry and anxiety as enemies. They sit there to make you miserable. You ever met somebody just full of worry? In the dictionary, worry, my grandmother's picture was there. Bless her heart. She had internal bleeding one time, went in the hospital, and they couldn't figure out what in the world is going on. I said, I know. I know. I know. Worry. Stress. Over nothing, worry, you've got to guard your heart. It'll make you sick. The thieves come to steal, kill, and destroy, and this is how he, this is how he gets in. You know, if the devil showed up with, a, you know, horns and red and a pitchfork and the tail dragging the ground and three toes, you know, like the, they, the, 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 you go, ooh, there's the devil. But he doesn't do that. He comes in as somebody, what y'all going to do? Or he gives you those thoughts. Those thoughts pass through your mind. And, and, you know, Wednesday night I talked about you've got to address thoughts and go at them, just like I went at and walked out in that storm, and I addressed it. If I die, I can go to heaven. I'm not going to be afraid to die anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of storms. And you know what? Thoughts, you know, I had three kids driving at one time. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. But you, you hear every siren. It could be one of my kids. I had to address that. No. They have a wreck. They'll live and not die, and we'll get another car, or we'll fix the one they got. And we fixed Brittany's five or six times. It just. <laughs> then we passed it to Emily, and we didn't have to fix it, but it did get banged up. And uh, lo and behold, no, it wasn't all Brittany's fault. It was hail damage and people backing into her, and uh, we replaced that hood four times on that car. It was a Camaro. It was mostly plastic, but you, <laughs> it's still... <laughs> It was crazy. We got out of the shop one day, and she goes and she's cheerleading, going to the football game. She opens up the door, reaches in to get her stuff. Somebody backs into the door. We just got it home. I'm like, golly, here we go. It's fun. Kids are fun. Why, why, don't worry about it. Come on. They're alive. She's still alive. God took care of her. Trust God. <laughs> Trust God. So, so remember, worry is normal. It's not normal. 
I said normal. It's not normal, but it is common. What I'm trying to tell you in this is we've got to take complete control of our life. Your emotions will run you wild. This is why your emotions work. Worry. Are we going to do what we're going to do? What are we going to do? Get a hold of them. Number two. Turn every anxious and worrisome thought into prayer until victory. That's what I was talking about going at it. Every anxious and worrisome thought into a prayer until you have victory. And this is a key that the old timers knew. Remember last Sunday I talked about the ancient ways? This is something the old timers knew they prayed through. You know what I mean, nod your head. Wave at me when they prayed through. Now, some of you don't. If you're under 40, you might not know it. But you prayed till you got the peace of God about it. Huh? Worry came, or they had a concern that came that was a godly concern, and they prayed until they got peace. Now, face on them. Doesn't matter. Took care of that. You know, back in the old days, the preacher wouldn't get in the platform until he had peace. Man, they might be singing for an hour and a half. But you pray till you got till you have peace. I, I, I pray until I have peace about what I'm going to preach during the week. That way I know what I've got, that I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path. But you've got to turn anxiety and worry into a prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. That's a commandment. Don't worry. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So prayer and supplication. Let's go ahead and read the next one. All right. And the peace of God which passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How do you get to the peace? Go back to the verse before, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Because, see, it's going to come. It's going to come. I, I, that, ain't God, that ain't right. So then let's pray about it. If it's not right, then we need to pray about it. By everything, by prayer and supplication. I'm going to make supplication. What does that mean? Let's make it easy for you. Anything that will help you pray. It's really a prayer of request, whatever. Get your scriptures out. Do you know what to pray? How about fast a little bit? How about get somebody get in agreement with you? Come on now, and that's right. And so with thanksgiving, thanksgiving destroys worry. Father, I thank you that you got this. Thank you, Lord, you got this. Thank you, Lord, that you're my strength. Thank you, Lord, that you're my help. Thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever went to pray and your mind went to wondering? You know, you're starting off, you just want to pray a little bit. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Man, my wife's sick. That's what you need to pray about. That's what you're worrying about. It's what your mind's running about through. When that starts popping in your head, you need to stop and address it. You hear me? Stop and address that. If you spend any time in prayer with God, you know what? Stop and address it. And if it's about, you know, then if your mind goes uh, like that one preacher said, you know, are the cow's horns on the inside of his ears or the outside of his ears? What has that got to do with anything? He had to go look. It was cows out in the pasture. That's the devil there. That's your mind wandering. But I'm talking about if it's a need in your life and it pops into your head, you need to address that. You need to put that down and make it sit still. You hear me? And then you need to pray over it till you got peace. If something's bugging you and bugging you, go at it. If you're worrying about something, I don't know what I'm worried about. My, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Then get some scriptures and go at it. Chop that tree down. Tear that stronghold down. You know how we talked about what's a stronghold or what becomes a stronghold as you build in blocks thinking about it. And it becomes a wall. And, 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 it's, and, and you're trapped in there with it. You're in the stronghold with it. You're in the castle. Castle's a stronghold. They build them on the mountain or they put a moat around them with water and, and then they shoot darts at, at everything. You know what? I've seen people that have strongholds. They lived in that castle, and they'd shoot darts at me trying to help them get out. 
Yeah. And so, so the thing about it is you want to tear down strongholds. You want to, you want to tear down everything uh, uh, that, that's an enemy to God. So what thanksgiving means, I'm praying. I know he loves me. Uh, I'm here and that he hears me and that he's going to answer my prayer. You know you've prayed enough when you got peace. If you haven't turned it over to peace, then you're still holding on to it. That's why you're worrying about it. That's another key. Turn it over to God. And that's what I'm talking about praying through. You pray through. My pastor's wife, years ago, she woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and the missionaries was on her mind, and they were in trouble. And she's like, why? They're in South America. What am I supposed to do? She got on her knees and began to pray. And she bound the devil over them, and she prayed the angels in camp about them. And she prayed for about 30 minutes, and all of a sudden the Lord released her, and she went back to bed. She prayed through. 2 o'clock in the morning prayer for somebody else. How many, of you, how many of you have ever been driving down the road and somebody come to your heart? Pray for them. Call them up and encourage them. Be there for them. That's what's praying through. You know, another thing, uh, as, as, let, me, let me go over here. Our brother over here told me that he's had a burden for Philip Baker. God will give you a burden not to worry about him, but to pray for him as Philip travels all around the world. He's going to Africa. He travels and preaches here and all around the world. And the Lord, since the last time he came, he's prayed for him every day that God would protect him, that, that God would protect him as he travels. Isn't that awesome? You know, last Sunday I talked about my, my boss. We visited his aunt, and his aunt would sit down every morning and call out every family member. And when she passed away, he goes, who in the world is going to pray? Him. So it's your turn. It's your turn to stand in the gap. Pray for people. Pray for your church. Pray for your family. Pray for people. And God will bring people to your heart. It doesn't mean you got to sit on your knees, get on your knees and pray all day. Well, you can pray while you're at work. You can pray while you're mowing the grass. You can pray while you're washing dishes. You just need to pray. All right? Remember, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He'll give you peace about it. Number three, by faith, believe and confess that God is your loving Father and he will take care of you. Write that down. Too many people look at Christians and want to judge God by weak Christians. But we aren't God. We serve God, and he is our Father. And he is a good God, and he's a loving God, and he cares for us. Now, people want to go, well, why don't he do something? He has. He sent Jesus. And it's up to us to receive. It's like that one guy said, you know, if God's a good, how come he don't do anything? He goes, well, you know what? There's all kinds of soap in the earth, but a lot of people ain't using it. You can smell them when you walk by them. And you know what? Sin does abound, but grace does much more abound. Grace is available for every sinner to receive from God. God has laid it out. The plan has been laid out, and he's not going to make you receive it. You have to open your heart and receive what God has for you. And you know what? He's not one who do, rules it. You know, he's got this rule and that rule and this rule and that rule. His rules are to protect you. Do you know that? If you do something wrong and something bad happens to you, God didn't cause the bad to happen. Because he told us in his word, if you do that, that's going to happen. You know, if I tell you fire will burn you and you stick your finger in it, it's not my fault you got burnt. The fire burnt you. Sin will burn you, Christian or not. God's word says sin will burn you. It will burn you. But God didn't cause you to get burnt. Sin will burn you. You know, drinking too much and driving will kill you. Drinking too much will kill you. Then the word says that. Don't be a drunkard. Cheating on your wife, your wife will kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's death at the end of it. 
It's, you know, I don't know where that came from, but hey, it's the truth, isn't it? And the thing about it is, you've got to keep yourself, and you've got to do it God's way is better. God's way is better. But, you know, just because he said fire will burn you or sin will burn you, God hates car wrecks as much as he does sin because it hurts his people. You've got to get your mind right that God is for you. And God's got a plan. And yeah, there's evil in the world. And Jesus came to undo and destroy the works of the devil. He went and, and came to undo and destroy the works of the devil. The word Christianity's missed it is we're not undoing the works of the devil. I think in the last day, we've got to up our game. We've got to up our game and destroy the works of the devil. Cancer be a work of the devil. Sickness and disease. Poverty and lack. Mental illness. Worry and anxiety and fear is a work of the devil. And it'll burn you if you live in it. It'll, it'll cut short your life. And, and you'll live a miserable life. And so God wants you to be walking in peace, to have peace and joy. And it's not about money. It's not about houses, lands, and brothers and sisters. It's about God. And so let's look at Matthew 631 through 34. And therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Can you back up to verse 32 for me? All these things will be added unto you. What all these things? Things that, you, that everybody seeks. Clothes, food, houses. God's going to trust you, but you've got to do it his way. He, you know, if you want money, then you've got to partner with God. That's the best partner to give and partner with God. If you want health, then God wants you to have health. So look at verse 33. All these things will come to you if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Look at the next verse. Or is that the last one? Yep, 34 is it. Don't be worrying about tomorrow. So, okay, today we're worrying about we got to pay our bills, what kind of clothes we're going to wear. What are we going to, where are we going? Most of y'all sitting there worrying about, where are we going to eat at lunch at? I'm hungry. I wish he'd hurry and finish this thing up. I'm hungry. But he said, don't worry about that, and don't even worry about tomorrow. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, we'll worry about its own time. Look, this is the key that jumped out to me today as I was rolling over this. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I can have trouble going on all around me and still have peace. It didn't say you're not going to have any trouble when you get in peace. I'm, I'm trying to help you. Listen to me. You're not, it didn't say you're not going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. But you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You know what I liken it to? As, as, as the last days, the two prophets come down and the, the plagues of Egypt, the flies, the fleas, the frogs, and, and, and the hellfire and everything coming down on everybody. And they're walking in a bubble. It ain't even around them. The, the frogs and the fleas and the flies parked away as they walk through there. That's what the peace of God does for you. You can walk through all kinds of trouble and turmoil, muck and mire, and you've got the peace of God going to see you through. But you, your job is to work to enter into the peace of God, not to work to fix the problem. Work to ask the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. So let's look. The root of all worry and fear is in you. I'm going to ready. I'm going to step on you. Are you ready? I told you all in this series I'm going to push you. When you're worrying and in anxiety and fear is you're not trusting God. You have forgotten or you never knew that God's for you, that God's a good God, that he's got you back. And, you know, some have taught it that it's an orphan spirit. Don't, I'm not talking about I work uh, with people who were adopted and I've had people in my family adopt. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your mentality is you don't know God's a good God. You don't know God as Father. Remember when Jesus went up to Lazarus' tomb and before he called Lazarus out, he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Because he's already been talking to God about Lazarus. And he said, I thank you that you hear me always. And I'm not saying this for your benefit, Father. I'm saying this for those that are listening and those that are going to read it. 
He said, you're with me and you hear me always. When you pray and you don't think God's answering, you're forgetting that he hears you always. Matter of fact, when he says, hey, how you doing today, Tim? He's listening. He's listening. And so he hears you always. And you know what? So when you pray, know that he hears you and that he will answer. As long as you're asking according to his word. Why do I have to say according to his word? Because people get stupid. I'm praying for her to be my wife. She's already married. That's eh. Stupid is as stupid does. You got to pray according to the word. Okay? Thou should not covet. So it's against God's plan. So hear me, God will give you somebody else. But my point is, is we got to pray. We got to know that God's a loving father. He's our father. He loves us. And he loves being our father. We can't forget that. We can't let the problem get bigger than God. And no problem bigger than God. But in your sight, in your heart and in your mind, when you start to worry, it's bigger than God. You haven't given it over to him. See, too many times we want to do it on our own in our own strength, and our own power. No. Yes, you'll do something, but you're going to believe God to bless it. You're going to ask God to lead you. You're going to ask God to guide you. Whether you're building another business or whether you're starting a business or whether you're going to quit your job and start another job. Boy. But you're going to trust God. You know, I, 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 my wife and I agreed, and I quit the best job I ever had. Because things weren't godly and weren't right. And we agreed that I would quit that job. And so I quit that job. I gave my two weeks notice. And, and I looked and looked. And then two weeks later went by and I was looking for a job. Hadn't found nothing. And like another week went by. And then she paged me. It's back in the day. And I went to a pay phone. That's one of the things you put coins in. And I called her and she said, you found anything? I said, nope. And she began to cry. And I began to cry. And I said, nope. And in my tears, I said, no, we believe God. We had peace about it. We believe God. And I said, even if I did something stupid, God is still greater and he's still my father and he still wants to help me. Even if I was foolish enough to do something and I miss God, he still got my back. Isn't that good? See, that, that was the spirit of God. And guess what? A week later, I got the best job I ever had. And I wouldn't have got that job if I hadn't have stepped away from the other job. Now, but it was a long uh, process. You know, the bank account's dwindling. And yeah, you're going to have moments. But you got to go at those moments that are attacking you. Until you say, no, God's got, God's got me. And so that's the place we've got to start growing up and trusting God to a greater and a greater and a greater measure. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he'll strengthen you. See, the, one of the gifts of the Spirit are, is faith. Now, you have faith, but it's talking about supernatural faith. I, I'm going at, at stuff. Think about it like this. If Bill Gates was your daddy, would you be worried about money? God's, Bill Gates' money don't even cover God's pocket change. God is wealthy. He's your father. You just got to get into the place where you're receiving. And how, how, how do you receive? Give and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. But, but we got to do what God wants to do it. We got to talk to him about, deal with it. One other thing. At my job, one time, the company's going to sue me and my company because I was a representative. My part was $200,000 pocket change for some of y'all but it wasn't for me and I'm you know 
I, I'm a youth pastor. I'm a worship leader. And, and I got to get up on the stage and lead worship. And all I can see is cha-ching, cha-ching, 200,000, cha-ching, cha-ching, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I got up and I said, Lord, I cast my care over on you. I cast my care over on you and I thank you that you take care of me and this is nothing for you. And when I, I began to worship God, I'm leading worship. See, you know, all of us come in church and we're like a duck on water. We, we come in smooth, looking good, smiling, hallelujah. But underneath the water, we're like this. A lot of times we come to church like this. That duck balancing himself. And he's paddling all over the place. And see, on the inside, you could be doing all that, and you come in church and smile. You just had a fight in the car, you know. Hey, hallelujah. You know, you put your church face on. Well, you can't always wear your church face. But see, the, the enemy comes, but this is where you come and you, instead of having church face, you give it to God and let him break it off of you. In worship, God said, I got this. And I cast it over and I didn't worry about it. And he did. He took care of it. It all went away. Didn't have to. Not that we was wrong. We weren't wrong, but they, they perceived and they could have, you know, took it to court and all. You know where it would have went. But God, God takes care of things. Trust Him. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.